you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Oh, my gosh. It's another brilliant podcast with another brilliant author. She's going to blow your mind. She is a multi-book author. We Googled her, and we just said, what authors have a multitude of books? And she came up at the top. So we're going to be talking to her about her latest book, The Postscript murders murder you say murder the postscript murders that just came out march 2nd 2021 ellie griffiths is her name and uh, she's gonna be talking about this wonderful new book and some of the other work that she's doing coming up so there'll be a teaser for that near the middle or end somewhere she is the author of two crime series the dr ruth galloway books and the brighton mysteries last year she published a standalone the stranger diaries and a children's book, A Girl Called Justice. And she mostly writes books for a lot of different variety of things. We'll get into some of the details of that. And welcome to the show, Ellie. How are you? Hi, Chris. It's lovely to be here. I'm really well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I love your London sort of accent. I love people from the UK. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. It's, we, we always think that we don't have an accent. Everyone else has accents. So <laughs> it's always lovely to hear that. Thank you. I always love when English people say cheerio. That's just cheerio. So, yeah, I'll, so make, I'll make sure to say that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that was the whole reason I wanted you on the show was just to give me a cheerio. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs and order up your books. Oh, hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. I'm Ellie Griffiths. I'm the author of the Dr. Ruth Galloway series, which is about forensic archaeologists, and also the Brighton Mysteries, which is set in the 1950s, and more recently of The Stranger Diaries, which won last year's Edgar Award for Best Novel. Hooray! And uh, most recently of The Postscript Murders, which is a standalone novel, but also features the detective from Stranger Diaries. And it starts, it's set Near where I live, actually, so I'm speaking to you all from a shed in the bottom of my garden um, in Brighton, which is on the south coast of England. I'm sure loads of you know it. And just a little bit along the coast is a place called Shoreham. So my book's set in Shoreham. And it starts when an elderly lady who lives in an assisted living complex is found dead in her apartment. And, and of course, it's very sad, but no one's very surprised because she's very old and she's been ill. But then when her carer goes to clear out her apartment, she finds lots of crime novels and lots of them are dedicated to this woman who's called Piggy. And lots of them say, thank you for the murders. And then the carer finds some business cards which describe Peggy as a murder consultant. And it turns out that this lovely, innocent, respectable lady was employed by crime writers to think of ways to kill people in their books. So has somebody killed the murder consultant? That's the base. That's the start of the book. Anyhow. That's my, I think that's a new job. I'm going to take up a uh, murder consultant. Wait, well, I've been I was thinking that, that yeah, if, if the writing, if the writing dries up, I, I could do that. And actually, yeah. uh, 
it, it is based on a, a real person in a way because my aunt Marge, I've, I've got an aunt called Marge. Lots of people seem to have an aunt Marge and I've got an aunt Marge and she lives in a seaside apartment and she is always thinking of great murder ideas for my books. <laughs> And I, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's just, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's the sea view. Mm. Maybe it's the fact that she has time to think. But she'll often ring me on a Sunday. How, how not many people ring on your landline. So I always know it's her. And she'll be up at the phone and she'll say, oh, hello, love. Um, I was just thinking, could you kill somebody with incense? So she thinks of murder ideas. She is the inspiration. I have to quickly say my Aunt Marge is alive and well. That is awesome. Does Aunt Marge have a husband? She has had a husband, but but now she's a widow, yes. Has anyone looked into that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's had a couple of husbands. Has uh, anybody looked into all this? This, this, sounds like, uh, this sounds like something for Scotland Yard to look into. I'm... You never know. She just seems a very respectable ex-maths teacher. They are always the ones, so... <laughs> it always yes it, it usually it's the people you never think note to self never go into aunt marge basement it puts she'd, le- she'd be very suit. nice to you it'll be great <laughs> i'm sure yeah there's always that moment where suddenly you're dealing with somebody anyway but no that's really funny that you have an aunt marge that does that now my understanding is this is a standalone book but this has a carryover character is that correct yes that's right it has the same detective that's in The Stranger Diaries. And she's called Harbin Decor. And she is quite a, she's a fun character to write because she's a person who comes in and says, let's just assume I'm in charge. She's quite prickly. And she is um, a, a British, British Indian woman. She's from a Sikh family. She's gay. She describes herself as the best gay Sikh detective in Sussex. But then she realizes <laughs> she's the only one. So uh, she's a very fun character to write. And, and I, you get to know her and her family a bit more in this book. I just realized I'm going to be having nightmares about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, love. Would you like some tea and biscuits? Yeah, uh, come in. I love your podcast. Come in. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio. Hold this knife for me in your back. This is a really interesting story. And evidently there's a lot of writers that seem to be a target in this book. It's like a play on that. Yes, yeah, I'm afraid because uh, this Peggy character who is a murder consultant works for several crime writers and I'm afraid a few of them do get killed off in the book and uh, obviously I'm a crime writer myself and I I used to work in publishing, I used to be an editor so you you get into the world of editing and and publishing and agents and all that sort of stuff and actually crime writers are really good fun. I don't know why, I think it's because we might get all the the sort of darkness out in our books, but actually anyone who knows crime writers know we love a party, we're actually nearly all very good friends, we're very collegiate, we help each other out a lot. There's a lot of sort of very well-known British crime writers like Dermot, Ian Rankin, who've been very generous to me and to, to other up-and-coming crime writers. So actually, it's a really lovely world, but I'm afraid to say in this book, a few of them do get killed off. Now, are, are, did you maybe come up with this concept, just editing and writing books, and you're like, just kill me now? It's like a, it's some sort of projection of... Uh... I, don't know what, I don't know what it was, really. I think it was the idea that those murderous ideas mm-hmm. have to come from somewhere, don't they? And, are, they, uh, are, they are you trying to murder your competition? Is that what you're... I, I, none of the people that I kill in this book are based on anyone in reality, oh. no. I oh. love my fellow crime writers and can't <laughs> wait to be back with them, propping up the bar somewhere. But yes, a few of them do get killed off in this book. Though. Now, for those of you who don't know what a postscript is, and I, I 
sort of knew, but I didn't know. Can you explain what a postscript is for our millennial generation that might be listening? A postscript <laughs> is the PS that you get at, at the end of letters. And Can you explain idea, what letters okay. are to the millennials too? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So a letter is something that you write on paper and you get a pen. And the, the, my character is called Peggy Smith. So her initials are also PS. And uh, the idea was that in some of these books, there would just be the acknowledgement PS for PS. Mm-hmm. So the postscript the book was for Peggy Smith. So it seemed to fit quite neatly. Mm. And there's something quite sinister about postscript, after script, something that comes after. Sounds a bit like postmortem. Mm. So I felt it was quite a good title for this book. Yes. P.S. Yeah. Postscript is P.S. <laughs> My gravestone is going to have P.S. something written on it. I don't know what it will be, but P.S. I hated you all or something. I don't know. It'll be like, it'll, that'll be on my tombstone. I feel PSs are quite a good way, aren't they, of saying that little extra thing. Yeah, a little know, extra that, thing. That, that you don't say in the main thing. In fact, when I was writing the acknowledgements for this book, my cat walked over my um, keyboard. So I felt I had to say, PS, this is for the cat. There's always a little extra. <laughs> <laughs> It's always, it's a nice exclamation point, or you, bat, you can use it as a backhand. It has so many different useful all, things. All those three little dots, ellipses, I think they're called. Yeah, and I, um, a friend of mine who, who, who's my age, in his 50s, said that uh, his children had told him that young people find those very sinister, those three little really? dots. I use and them I all the time. About, I don't know about you, but I use them a lot. Yeah. I think they're even, I, I put them, I think they're quite sweet and cute, and, but but apparently they're quite sinister. So mm. maybe my next book will be called Ellipses. I'll keep you, yeah, there you go. The Ellipses <laughs> murders. They lived in a world of dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, then dot. Murder came to the Ellipses. And yeah, there I can see the movie on this. So this is pretty interesting. What is a murder consultant do i really find the t- term intriguing and plus i'm looking for work so i'm, I'm just kidding i did make up the job but it, in the book it is somebody who would help a writer when and i suppose sometimes when people write serious fiction particularly you do get very fond of your characters and you don't want to kill them off and uh, or you've just tried every single way of killing people off and you need a new plot so this is where in my book peggy smith comes mm. in she would come in and she might think of a new way to kill somebody and in mm. fact my aunt marge did come up with a murder on a stairlift that I used in one of my books. And there was a review, I think it was in one of the really serious papers, the Times or the Financial Times. And it said, it's one of the nastiest murders I've (laughs) heard in a long time. And my Aunt Marge was so proud of that, that she framed it. She framed it. Wow. She was so proud of that. I'm never having tea at our Aunt Marge's house. <laughs> I I'll think be, I'm going to set you up to No, I'll be drinking a little tea, and I'll be like, this tastes a little funny. And she's, yeah. The uh, I think Aunt Marge should just go on business. She should get some business cards and a website and just start coming up with ways to kill. But, or maybe she just keep her on your corner so you can. So this is really interesting. I think it's very intriguing what you have in here in the postscripts and the involvement of books and missing books and different things. What are some other tidbits from the books that you can tell us without giving away everything? In, in- in this particular book in the stranger diaries they go to aberdeen to a crime writing festival and they meet lots of other crime writers and having a wonderful time there in wonderful aberdeen such a beautiful place but there's also a sort of theme of golden age murders which is a kind of strange idea isn't it it's a, the idea that the golden age for murder mysteries was between the wars and it was people like agatha christie or dorothy l sayers or marjorie allingham so that's another theme in the book that some of the clues might come from these uh, 
know, murder mysteries set set in the past, really, set in a world that doesn't exist anymore. So uh, the, the, there are four main characters in the book. There's the carer, Natalka, who's Ukrainian. There's an ex-monk called Benedict. There's Peggy's 80-year-old neighbour, Edwin. And there's Harbinder, the detective. And the story's told from each of their points of view. So, of course, you get Benedict desperately trying to turn everything into anagrams and secret literary clues. And there's Harbinder just thinking it's all a load of nonsense, really. So I had quite a lot of fun going between the two things, really. So two sleuths in this book, basically. Yes, really almost four sleuths, because all of them want to be sleuths. And then you get the idea that, of course, which is the core of a lot of crime fiction, that you get the amateur sleuths trying to work out how to do it based on sort of basic guesswork and hunches and all those things. And you've got the the professional detective, in this case, Harbinder, trying to solve it through forensics and detection and police procedure, really. So I had quite a lot of fun putting the two against each other, really. And I guess that's also in the series that I write, which is the the Ruth Galloway series. She's an archaeologist, so you get that in those books too. You get the sort of amateur, the archaeologist. Professional archaeologist, of course, but amateur detective solving the crime. And then you have the the detective, in this case, is called Harry Nelson, solving it from a different angle. So I quite enjoy doing the two things in one book, really. (laughs) That's really awesome. In fact, do you guys have, over in England, do you guys have that CSI series, television series that we have over here where they saw murders and stuff like that. And do you guys have that over there? I don't know yes. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, love, know, I love those. Series. Your aunt Margie could go, she could go on those. Sh- well, she could write, help, help those shows do their murders. You know, It wouldn't surprise you to know. And she really likes that show. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw an interview where you were telling the story about how she spends her days looking out her window at people going by and she just starts thinking different things about them and possibly murder. Is that true? Yeah, definitely. She's got a a beautiful apartment with a lovely balcony, which which has a sea view, but it also has a view of the sort of promenade. And yes, she quite often once she rang me and said, could I come over? Because there was a couple that, that always arrived at the same time every day in different cars. And she was just really intrigued by them. And I did. I drove over the next day. She's not far from me at all. So I see her quite regularly. So I drove over. And yes, it was very true. They turned up in two different cars. They stood together. They didn't really look like they were together. And Marge was writing all this down in her notebook. So uh, <laughs> it all I, really, down? I really don't know. The, 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 I don't know the answer to this mystery. <clears throat> but they did meet up, obviously, about the same time every day talked you know were they in a strange couple were they drug dealers who knows really but it was a mystery so yes she's got a good eye for mysteries she really has Mm. she reads a lot she reads a lot of crime fiction and people who read a lot know a lot and that's definitely the case for her i just thought of i just thought of a a book for her where you know she's keeping this journal of stuff and maybe that couple is like a other cheating couple you know both married and they're meeting for a hookup and she's been writing all this down and they discover that she's been writing stuff down and, and Aunt Marge disappears. They find her journal. They know that oh, she's dear. There you go. I, might, I yes, just want to write in the next book. You are a murder consultant. <laughs> I, I, see, I'm, I'm just stepping right into this business. Yes. I've been feeling like something was missing from my life. I can go from being a murderer. Wait, what? 
to never mind. <laughs> the murder consult. I can give advice. I'm good at burying stuff in the backyard, so that might be something. I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. They're <laughs> jokes, people. Please don't dig in my backyard. But after years of having enemies, I've often thought of being a murder consultant. Anything more you want to plug on this book, and then we'll talk about your next book that you have upcoming soon. I really hope um, that people will enjoy the book. If you like, if you like a good murder, of course, murder isn't good at all. But if you like a, a character-led mystery that's a little bit spooky, a little bit literary but also good fun i hope the characters go on a mer- on um the characters go on a road trip up to scotland and they do all the things that you do on road trips like play word games and get fed up with each other and solve murders i hope anyone i hope it would also be a bit of um an escape really from the rather you know sad life we've been living this last year so i hope this book will be in lots of ways light-hearted and a bit of light relief as well as a murder mystery <laughs> There you go. There you go. Now, the next book that's coming up is The Nighthawks. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Tell us about that. June 29th, 2021. You can pre-order it right now. Oh, thank you, Chris, for mentioning that one. Yes. So this is book 13 in the Dr. Ruth Galloway mystery series, which is my longest running series. Chris said, you you said at the beginning, oh, you've written so many books. I thought, have I really? And then I thought, probably have, because I've written 13 in in this series. Already, and it's about um, a forensic archaeologist called Dr. Ruth Galloway. Um, and my husband's an archaeologist, so I'm really interested in archaeology. And in fact, you were mentioning your garden, Chris, and tell you a really interesting thing I heard from an archaeologist is that if you have nettles in your garden, you might have a dead body because you oh. only get nettles where there's been human uh, interaction with the environment. What if your so, whole yard uh, is filled with it asking for a friend? Well, have a look at that but it might not necessarily be a dead body so ruth is an archaeologist and she's called in by the police in the first book so the first book in the series is called the crossing places when a body is found on marshland near her house she lives in norfolk very beautiful but rather lonely and quite bleak part of britain also very beautiful on the east coast there she's called in when bones are found uh, on marshland and those bones are actually two thousand years old that she's drawn Mm -hmm. into the murder mystery and into a long relationship with the police DCI Harry Nelson. So The Night Talks is book 13. And it starts, I don't know if you have the same term in the US, but over here, Nighthawks is a name given to metal detectorists, unlicensed metal detectorists, people who take things from of course, most metal detectorists are absolutely legitimate and fine and do great work. But sometimes you have um, unscrupulous ones and they're called oh. night hawks. So it starts with a group of metal detectorists find a body on the beach and oh. Ruth is then called in to investigate. You can start right away with this one, book 13, or you can go back to the beginning and start with The Crossing Places. That's awesome. Yeah, over here in America, uh, people that search for uh, metal, we usually call those gold diggers at the Florida bars. Um, usually, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, it's true. So this is pretty interesting. And 13 books in the series. And both these books that you've written, are they both fairly standalone books where if I haven't written the prior 12 Ruth Galloway mysteries, am I going to be able to maybe jump into this one or do I really need to go back? I hope you can. I hope that they're all written in in that the mystery is self-contained and you can just go into them at any point. But as I say, if you want to have the whole story, and I would say the only thing is that the relationships by book 13, and I should just say I'm writing book 14 now, the relationships are quite complicated, not only Ruth's relationship with with, with Nelson, the police officer. So if you want to get all the relationships straight in your head, I would start from the beginning. But if you just want the mystery, dive in at any point. 
Oh my gosh, I was just reading the thing here on Amazon, and it says there's an area haunted by a black shuck, a humongous black dog, a harbinger of death. And I got visions in my head of the Hound of Baskervilles. Yes, the book does start with a quote from the Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, does it really? It was the footprint of a gigantic hound. And Black Shuck is a really interesting legend. And while I've been talking about this book, I've found that there are similar legends all over Britain, but also all over the world. And it's of of a huge black dog that is meant to appear to people. And as always with such visitations, it's not usually a good sign. It's usually a sign that something bad's going to happen or someone's going to die. Or he can just be a companion. Some people call him a devil dog. He can have red eyes and he can suddenly appear. And a lot of the action in the Night Hawks takes place at a farm called Black Dog Farm, which is said (laughs) to be haunted by this dog. And of course, various characters do see him. And I've got a character in the books, a recurring character called Cathbad, who's a druid. And of course, he has Mm -hmm. lots to say on the subject of Black Shuck and other Mm -hmm. mysterious apparitions. And, you know, the books are set in Norfolk. Have you ever been to Norfolk, Chris? I haven't. I need to. It is a a wonderful place. It's very beautiful, very unspoilt, really. But people tend to live there for a very long time, like generation after generation. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of these sort of folk tales. So this book also has the Black Shuck. It also has the sharing of mermaids. And it has the Norfolk Sea Monster. So there are quite a lot of folk tales that come into this book. Oh, wow. I should move to England for 10 years and just wander about the countryside and everything. It's always such a really cool country. And Except, hold on, you guys don't have any sun over there. That's the problem. Actually, I in my Norfolk books, I, I'm often, mm-hmm. it often seems to be raining or thundering or something. But actually, Norfolk does get a lot of sunshine. Oh, do you? Really? The, might be one of the sunniest places Maybe in Maybe I should go to Norfolk then and not Lingen, London proper beautiful coastline sand sea uh, and all these wonderful myths and legends and some really fantastic old towns as well like cities i should say like norwich and king's lynn and i think you'd love it <laughs> i love places like that there's a romanticism to it yes there's a the architecture is always beautiful i used to go to, to go to old places to, to do day shoots with photography and it's fun because the stuff has been around forever and you can sense the voices or hear the voices of all the people who walk down those cobblestone streets and some of the different things. And and you just get a sense of the historic feel and you wonder about the people that pass through here and by. And I just find it so interesting. You'll sit in an old bar or something or some old uh, tavern and you can, you just feel like how many people have been here and uh, all the different experiences it has. There's something romantic about it. I don't know. That's exactly it, I think. It's the sense of all those layers of history and stories. There's a marketplace in Kings Lynn. It's called Tuesday Marketplace, which is a brilliant name anyhow. And it's meant to have a witch's heart embedded in the wall. When a witch, a a poor woman who was probably nothing more than a wise woman, was burnt at the stake and her heart's meant to have gone into the wall. When you hear something like that, you have to go to the place, don't you? I wouldn't sit by the wall. I'd sit across from the wall. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I just make sure I had my eye on it at all times. Yes. But that sounds lovely. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on and sharing some of these wonderful books with us. Give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this chat. Yes, well, you can find me on the interweb. I'm uh, Ellie Griffiths. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Do look me up. Do send me a message. I'd love to hear it if you've read or enjoyed enjoyed any of my books it's been great to be here
There you go. Thank you. And send our regards to Aunt Marge, but don't give my address, please. I will, and, and I'll tell her to have the kettle on. And um, I should just say <laughs> cheerio. 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 And with that, my friends, thank you very much uh, for being on the show with us, Ellie. Check out her books, The Nighthawks, Ruth Galloway Mysteries, book 13. That's going to be out on June 29th, 2021. And check out the other book that she has that we started out the show talking about, The Postscript Murders. It's fresh off the print, March 2nd, 2021. You want to get that as well. And you're going to want to read them and get them fast so that you can keep up with her because she's she's pumping out. How often do you pump out books? I, I know, I, I've been publishing two a year for the last few two years. Year. Wow, good for you. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my first one done. Uh, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate it. Thanks, audience, for tuning in. Go to youtube.com for us. That's Chris Foss. Hit that bell notification button and uh, see all the wonderful videos of all the great authors we have over there. Go to goodreads.com for us. That's Chris Foss. Go to all the groups we have on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thanks, audience, for tuning in. Wear your mask, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.